0: To the Smoking Cuban podcast, with you as always, I am Cole Rast, and my co-host is Manny Dixon. Go ahead and say hello, Manny. Hey guys, it's Manny again. It's Good to be back. Let's get it. All right, we are um, we're ready to jump in today. We've uh, we've got some things to talk about. We're going to discuss some uh, Luka Doncic versus Trey Young stuff. We're going to talk about Dirk Nowitzki versus Dwayne Wade stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about Free agency, and then we're going to get into a few other things. All right, so let's uh, let's get started with with the debate that everyone wants to talk about, the debate that everyone already is talking about, and uh, let's talk about the rookie of the year debate, Luca versus Trey Young. So jump jump right in here, Manny. Tell me tell me what the what the debate is about, why these two are so close in some eyes, why they're so distant in others. What's the what's the breakdown on these two?
1: All right, like, as far as the whole Luca trey Young debate, uh, I just feel it, it, it. it's one of those things that we, uh, as NBA fans, love to do. It's just um, a debate for argument's sake, I guess. Um, like, I, I can't remember a time recently where there hasn't been any type of debate whether it be MVP or rookie of the year, you know, it's been a while since it's been like a clear cut, uh, you know, unanimous decision. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, honestly, I get the arguments. I've heard things as far as, you know, people suggesting that it, it should be something like the, uh, the Jason kid, uh, grant Hill uh, scenario where you have a cold rookie of the years. So, um, uh, that's a cute idea, but honestly, it's, it's rookie of the year. And, The one rookie that has been playing exceptionally well all year is Luka Doncic. Uh, Trey Young, I must admit, is looking way better uh, than a lot of people may have expected. Outside of Atlanta, of course, uh, as of late. But that's the thing, it's as of late. Uh, You know, a majority of your games are played, you know, pre-All-Star game, not post. You know, and it's just... I don't know. It's just uh, it's just not fair, in my opinion, to even make this a thing. You know, uh, Luka has been consistent, and that's what we need. That's what we look for in a rookie of the year type uh, debate. Um, unlike last year where you had two exceptional rookies, you know, Donovan Mitchell and Ben Simmons going at it all year, even though there was the question of is Ben Simmons even a rookie. They were good. They were great for their teams all year. Uh this year is not the case. We have one rookie, Luca, who's been going at it since his first game and you know, uh nothing against him but Trey he 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 struggled a lot, you know, in December and it took him a while to to, you know, get his um get in his groove, find his game. And uh I mean he's played off the charts. Off the charts since the all-star break, but come on, like, you can't can't make this about 20 games, you really can't, it's just not fair, you know, um, this is just, this is just black and white for me, uh, yeah, I just don't see how this can even be a thing, but this is what we like as NBA fans, it gets the people going, it gets us talking, it gets us arguing, you know, I hear a bunch of theories, but Come on guys, it's it's not even close. Let's just give it up. It's Luca all the way on this one.
0: Right. Controversy is is the heart and soul of the NBA. Without controversy no one would know what to do. Um but I mean you're 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 absolutely right. Luca started the NBA season a lap ahead of every other rookie. And that's not to say that other rookies aren't good. It's not to say that they won't be good in the future. It, all it shows is that Luka was absolutely dominant from the minute he stepped on an NBA court. Um, but, I mean, if you dive into statistics, it makes it even more clear-cut. So, let me throw a couple stats at you here. Luka is averaging one more field goal attempt per game. His field goal percentage is is 425, whereas Trey Young's is 416. Luca averages 1.2 more three-point attempts per game than Trey Young, but his percentage is only uh, 0.4. Or, or it's his—he's shooting 3.27 for the season. Trey Young shooting 3.31. So, tiny difference there. His two-point percentage is much better. His uh, his uh, effective field goal percentage is much better. Obviously, free throws are a struggle, um, but he's better rebounder. Getting more steals, more blocks, fewer turnovers, and obviously more points per game. Trey Young has played seven more games than than Luca this year and is still trailing him by 22 points in total points. Uh, if you go to per 36, Trey or er, Luca is still well ahead of Trey in in all those statistics. Um, his defense is obviously miles better than Trey Young, which is not to say anything good about Luca's defense, it just tells you how bad Trey Young's defense is. Um there really the the there are two there there are two areas that Trey Young supposedly dominates Luca in, and that's shooting from deep and assists. Trey Young does get more assists than Luca, but I don't think he's a significantly better passer. And Trey Young is probably a better three-point shooter overall, but by the numbers there is very little difference there, and that's people talk about how oh you know Trey Young struggled to find a shot at first. Well, Luke has been struggling to find a shot for the last month from behind the arc, and it hasn't lowered his percentage that much. I mean his he's still right where Trey Young is for the year, with the same concept of having a bad month. So it's hard to make that argument. I mean, it really is like one of my favorite tweets actually the other day was uh, Isaac who Isaac Harris who used to. Right for us here at the Smoking Cuban, he tweeted out that uh, he was glad that Luca got a triple double after the All Star break because that's when the Rookie of the Year race starts. (laughs) And it's so true because that's that's exactly what everyone's saying is, oh, Trey Young's caught him. No, Trey Young can't catch him in ten games. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. And that's like like you said before. It's nothing against Trey Young. Trey Young has had a great season. He's going to be a good player. It looks like. Um, But Luca Luca is. Not just a good rookie; he is one of the best rookies we've ever seen in the yeah. NBA, ever.
1: Yeah, seriously. He's, he's he, he. I feel like we're like diminishing his game just by boiling this down to like a rookie of the year debate. Honestly, because like you said, like he's not just a good rookie. He was almost an All Star. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's just like he's just a re- he's a really good basketball player. He's a really good NBA player. He's mm-hmm. playing beyond his years of experience, you know, and he's he's getting attention from his peers like that have been in the league forever, like all these vets, like they can tell, you know, um, real ones they know and they see that yep. Luca he has it, the full package. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. he has the advantage. He's been playing for longer, you know, um, international ball. So, I mean, but it is what it is, you know. Favorite yeah. is not fair, uh, but you gotta call a spade a spade. I mean, he just right. he just has it, you know. It's his team, and he knew that from day one, and he's played as such, and he hasn't let up. I mean, as opposed to like just now recently, where you know the Mavs are just being cautious with you know uh, slight injuries that he's had in the past, so they want to just you know be careful with him and and uh, you know let him you know sit, um sit out some games, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But he's he's done all he can. He has nothing else to prove. You know? Exactly. And so. And again, like it's nothing against Trey. Like I, I'm a fan of Trey Young. I mean, he's a great player, you know. But uh, again, it's the majority of the games are played before the All Star game. It's just that simple. Yeah. Know? Um. So I just, unless he was surpassing Luca in all these stats, then maybe we can talk about this. But I, I just don't see how yeah. it makes sense. If he's it's still catching up. It's too late for up, that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, Yeah, I mean if Trey Young plays the rest of the games for the season and Luka sits the rest of them out and Trey Young balls out the rest of the games, I think that that warrants maybe one first place vote. Maybe one. You know, he's gonna get a bunch, but at this point he doesn't deserve one. In my opinion, every Rookie of the Year award should be unanimous because by the end of the year there is one that was clearly better than the other in almost every case. I think last year was a bit of an anomaly with with the just the two di- two or three different guys that were all on successful teams that were all playing you know well outside of what people expected. Yeah, it, it was that, a little different between Mitchell yeah, and Tatum and that was a and, different and type of
1: debate because we didn't even know if one was technically a rookie or not, but that's another story. Yeah. Well,
0: yeah, and then you get all the arguments that Luca isn't a, isn't really a rookie because he's been playing pro ball. But then you remember that before he was drafted, everyone was saying that European ball wasn't even as good as college ball. So, which one is it? Yeah, which one is it?
1: Pick a side and just stay there, man. It's just
0: sort of exactly. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, to tie it all together, Luca is the rookie of the year. Luca is the best rookie that we've seen at least in eight to ten years. Um I've had I've gone through all the stats and all and looked through it all. I think Blake Griffin is the only guy in the last ten years that honestly competes with him. And even then Blake was was, you know, he was still a he had holes in his game. He couldn't shoot the ball when he came into the league. He was all athleticism. He was all um you know yeah, yeah. dunks and, and alley oops yeah, and his game was there were holes.
1: on his... On his leaping ability, primarily mm-hmm. that was it. So yeah, he was a highlight reel, but yeah, Trey, um, Luca is a highlight reel himself. But for many more reasons, right? Um, exactly. You mentioned you mentioned uh, the assists. You know, uh, supposedly, like that's a that's a stat that uh, Trey has the advantage in. But I feel like that's one like the misleading stats because if you watch the games, uh, Luca he's a he's a crafty passer, and, and he I hits think open teammates. If you, yeah, you teammates have to hit shots. It, it's exactly. not, you know, it, it's no uh, indictment on him as a passer. You know, it's just sometimes teammates hit shots, sometimes they don't. But he always right. sets up his teammates to make a shot, you know. So it'll, it'll, it'll even out. Give him, like, two, three years, and we can, like, revisit Ooh. this debate. Yeah, Don't it'll even it'll give him two or three.
0: Give him Chris steps next year, and that stat is going to change a lot. I already
1: told you, man. He's going to get some MVP votes, but yep. they ain't had this for me.
0: huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, like I said, Luca is the rookie of the year. Luca is possibly the rookie of the decade. Luca might be the best rookie we've seen since Kevin Durant, since LeBron James. I mean, there are very few names that fit in his conversation, and Trey Young is not one of them. And I, I'll take as much flack as you want to give me for that, but that is the truth, and it's that's how it is. And I think many agrees with me.
1: Yep.
0: It's
1: only fair, man. It's only fair. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, let's let's look into uh, another conversation. Um, This one isn't as much of a debate, although people still want to debate it because of their rivalry. But let's talk about Dirk and Wade.
1: Okay. Um. I mean, it's it's cool. I I think it's cool because of the whole closeness and almost every stat and like accomplishment they have. But um, I'll take it. You know, I see like from a different perspective. Uh. You know we're in we're in in the season of March Madness, and uh, it pretty much came from two different like spectrums. Like Dwayne Wade, you know he had like a a really great uh, Final Four run with Marquette. Uh, Dirk obviously didn't have that mm-hmm. opportunity. So <laughs> one was more of like a household name coming into the league. Dirk mm-hmm. was not. Uh, right. One pretty much got his own team right away. Like he was you know one of the top rookies that in his class. Dirk wasn't. You know, and right. it's just it's just interest, interesting to see how their their careers are coming to a close and they're both legends. Though they started mm-hmm. from two totally different places, but that just allows me to appreciate Dirk even more. You know, right. like grown, like I I've told my story before. I became a Mavs fan because of Michael Finley. Like not right. because of Dirk. You know what I mean? Like it took a few years for like Dirk to even you know, catch my attention. Oh, this that's pretty good. You know, because... <laughs> You're not yeah, the only honest, one. Yeah, honestly. You know, so it, I, I just appreciate Dirk a lot more because of what he had to put in to become the player he is. And just to be, like, an MVP of the entire league, I mean, Wade doesn't have that. And again, right. I, I think Wade is an, an amazing player, but, I mean... Just, just just, being like the best player, like being voted the best player in the entire league, coming from where mm-hmm. Dirk came from, having to bring over Holger to help him with his shooting. just It's its just a testament to his drive, his desire, his passion, and just his work ethic. And I, as a basketball fan, cannot appreciate anything more than that. Um, it's been a really great rivalry over the years. Um, I think it's pretty mm-hmm. cool because they're really close in like a lot of stats, I believe. Uh, in their matchups... Uh, Wade is like averaging 23.9 and Dirk is at 22.9 uh, like yeah I mean, it's it's just they're so like even evenly cut in a lot of stats it's just like wow this is one of those rivalries that went like you know under the radar type thing but mm-hmm. I mean there's no bad blood whatever issues they had I believe is like long gone so I mean kudos to Wade and we still have Dirk for I don't know a couple more games on the season who knows
0: yeah yeah, I mean, you said it great. You said it better than I could because I can't ever say that many nice things about Dwayne Wade. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. I mean, they their their careers were so oddly intertwined. The, the two guys that should that you wouldn't put together, you would never pick the each of them out of a crowd and say these two are going to have uh, a historic rivalry in a way. You know, you're never, never going to pick these two out mm-hmm. and say you know these two are going to go head to head they're going to they're going to push each other they're going to hate each other at some point it just doesn't it's the most unique rivalry i've i've experienced and you know obviously coming from a diehard Mavs fan perspective we, you know we hated wade we all hated wade around here we hated him in 2006 we hated him in 2011 and we've hated him ever since and it's not because he's a bad player it's because he's a great player and yeah, it's you, you don't hate ba- you don't hate bad players no one hates bad players because they're bad no players. You don't notice them. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, the the distaste and, and the frustration with Dwayne Wade all comes from the f- stems from the fact that he is a future Hall of Famer, and he clouded some of Dirk's greatest moments by being a future Hall of Famer. Um, that said, we I do need to clear up the fact that people want to debate Dirk versus. Dirk versus Wade as far as careers go and in my opinion that is not a debate just like Luka versus Trey Young that is not a debate Dwayne Wade had great seasons had some some fantastic individual seasons um obviously won a couple titles but he never he was never at the level that Dirk was for as long as Dirk was he didn't even play long enough to be at the level that Dirk was for as long as Dirk was and to me that's that's an insult because Dirk played Dirk played 500 more games than Dwayne Wade in his career and he averaged only a point uh, yeah about a point less per game than Dwayne Wade. He scored 8000 more points, pulled down 6000 more rebounds. You know, he, it's just Obviously, it's hard to debate guys that are in different positions, and I do think that both of them will go down as as top 10 players in their individual positions, maybe top 50, top 70 players in NBA history. Um, But Dirk is one of the greatest talents that's ever played the game, and his talent is so unique that it's been overlooked, it's been bypassed, it's been forgotten. Um, But what it all comes down to is in in 20 years, we'll remember – Few, there are very few people that will remember Dwayne Wade in twenty years, but in twenty years, they'll still see Dirk's name in the record books.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say when you, I think NBA fans like they'll break it down by uh, by positions, like when they're doing like an all time debate. So they'll put you know Wade against other. Uh, all-time great uh shooting guard so I think his mm-hmm. name will always be, be brought up in that light you know going up against the Kobe's and the uh the Jordans but not really uh the Allen Iverson's things of that nature so I mean his name will be brought up but I don't think it'll be like on a uh like just a overall all-time like top 20 top 25 debate it'll just mostly like be within his his uh within his, his position mm-hmm. yeah Dirk on the other hand, I feel it's brought up again, against his counterparts, uh power forwards. Um mm-hmm. the guy ahead of him, I don't even know if he's a power forward or a censor, Tim Duncan, but we've had know, this debate, debate many that. times. But <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's for another that's for another episode. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, I mean he's brought up in that debate, but he's also brought up in, you know, top twenty, top twenty five debates as well. When you look at his sure. his numbers, his stats, like his accomplishments. So, yeah, they'll both be brought up, but for different reasons, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and for me, the thing is, when you look at when you look at comparisons for, for anything, people can go to, they can pull up the all-time record book, and they can say, look, Dirk right here has number six all-time scoring. Dirk right here has a season MVP. Those are two things they can't find for Wade, and I think those are two of the biggest things that you can do in the NBA. I mean, look at the guys ahead of Dirk right now. Yeah, LeBron. You got Kobe. You got Jordan. I mean, yeah. you, th- there's there's definitely worse company to be with.
1: That is indeed rare air he's in.
0: <laughs> so
1: you're right about that. You know, um, that's that's the thing when it comes to a lot of debates. Uh, one of the first stats people do go to is well, how many points did he score? You know, so yeah, him climbing that high up that list. Um, that's again. That's just a testament to his drive, yeah. Um, you know, and his tenacity and his his um willingness to to stress himself. And I think it's also a testament to his his style of play, uh, because of what he lacks, um, especially now in the latter part of his career. You know, his mm-hmm. shooting. I mean, I mean, his athleticism. His shooting has done more than make up for. You know, so. <laughs> You know shooting is the last thing that goes, and he's always been a great shooter uh yep. so it's just amazing to have him in these conversations against you know players that were more you know i guess uh talented like in the paint uh you know bigger faster, right. higher jumpers like Dirk is none of those things, but he's still in the conversation, and that just that just speaks volumes,
0: yeah. All right, so I'm going to throw one more thing at you here. In their head-to-head matchups, Dirk and Dwayne Wade have played 23 regular season games against each other. Mm -hmm. Dwayne Wade won the very first one, and then Dirk won the next 10. Okay. No, wait. He won the next 11. No, next 10. He won the next 10. After the first one. And then Wade won once LeBron showed up. Wade won the next nine. And then in the end, Dwayne Wade has the head to head twelve to eleven. Yeah. Regular season, yeah. Yeah. So it's kinda interesting to see the runs there. I mean, there were obvious times where the Mavs were just the better team and there are obvious times where the where the um yeah. Heat were the better team. And he won one while he was in Chicago too, I guess, or he lo- lost one while he was in Chicago. So I guess that yeah
1: the, means something. He had something. a pretty decent uh, four year run there. Back yeah, years ago.
0: <laughs> yeah. So the the yeah, uh, you know, two greats. I don't think we need to say any more than that. They're both going to be Hall of Famers, first ballot. There's no doubt about it. So, um, just be glad we got to watch the the the. The greatness that was that rivalry because they really did bring out some of the best games for both their careers against each other. So, true indeed. All right, let's jump into um, the next topic. This will be kind of our uh, our bigger topic, but let's talk a little bit about the summer. So, the season is winding down. We've got a few games left. Obviously, the Mavs will not be making the playoffs. Um, Currently sitting at tied for sixth in the lottery tank odds uh, with Memphis, um, three games away from Atlanta in fifth, uh, but also only like two games back of being in like ninth past the Wizards, so there is still a lot of wiggle room for the Mavs, uh, which plays a lot into their odds, um, and so because of that we're going to wait on um, draft stuff for the most part right now, and we're just going to focus on player current players, current uh, NBA players. That the Mavs could pursue this summer, so we've got a list of eleven names. We're going to talk about uh, whether the Mavs should go for them or not. We will call it pass or shoot. Um, we'll talk about what we think it's going to take to what what we think it would take to get them, and the percentage chance the Mavs have to acquire them. Uh, we've taken a couple names out from the major um, the major names in free agency just because it's pretty clear that we have. Zero uh, percent chance at them, so we're just going to talk about a couple guys that um, we have a at least a, uh, a shadow of a chance at. So I'm just going to go through these alphabetically. Uh, so I'll throw the first one at you, uh, Manny. So first name is Bradley Beal.
1: Bradley Beal. Uh, yeah. Pass or shoot? Wait, just remind me. Um, I want him. So this is shoot, right?
0: <laughs> oh yeah, that's shoot. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> definitely, definitely shoot. I think it's a guy that we'd be both interested in and that we'd both like to see in Dallas.
0: Very much so. Um,
1: yeah, we actually talked about this uh, earlier today. Uh, what it would cost to get him. Uh, I don't know, maybe not that much right now. It depends on what mind state, I guess, uh, <laughs> what the Wizards are in. Uh, right yeah, The now Wizards a are vacancy. a mess. Yeah, they have a vacancy at the GM position, so... Um, I don't know. Maybe They have to find out what direction they're trying to take. Are they trying to rebuild um, from scratch because they have this issue with John Wall and the massive contract, but he's gotten injured, what, twice in the last, what, year and a half? He's, like, mm-hmm. recovering from an injury. He gets infected, then he gets injured again off the court now. We don't even know when we'll see him on the court, so it's a lot of questions out there. Uh it's going to be impossible to move that contract. So what do they do with Beal? I don't know. Maybe a team can swoop in, maybe us, yeah. and entice uh, them with, uh, you know, it, like you said, it would take at least a top three pick. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, for the most part, I agree. Um, I don't know. Like I said, they can have anyone other than Luka and KP. Um, you know, keep Brunson. I like Brunson. Uh, yeah, I'd like to yeah, keep Brunson. Like, adding a guy like Beal? I, listen is man. The, the sky's the limit to so Luca and in the healthy KP next season. Um, I'm not saying you know we're just gonna be world beaters, but we we won't be in the lottery.
0: <laughs> That's what. Sure. No. We'll, we'll Definitely not. We'll be in the not. end of the
1: spectrum uh, in the Western Conference. So I mean, that would be the icing on the cake after you know locking down a, a draft pick like Luca and acquiring a talent like like KP. Yeah. I mean, Bale would just be amazing
0: so uh it would fit seamlessly you got an off ball scorer you got a decent defender uh yeah his i mean he fits well so um yeah i'm definitely shoot on on bradley beale as well uh it would take yes i think it would take a package of at least a top three pick and probably taking on another bad contract from washington maybe beyond Mahimi. um to make money work, we'd probably be throwing Courtney Lee in there. Um, if we if they, they they might be be interested in taking Tim Hardaway, at least gives him a flash in the pan to work with for a little while, and the money thing is not really an issue during a rebuild for only another year or two. So, um, I think that the percentage chance for the Mavs to acquire is is unknown because we we. Without a draft pick, we have no shot at them. Um, but I would say, I'd say we have a two to three percent chance at best. I think. That is, is that best th-
1: case scenario? Like, let's say, let's just say we, we somehow get like a, a three pick, like the, the three or, pick.
0: Or pick, Like, how how do you think that would go? I think that that might cap at ten percent. I just don't know that the Mavs have the other pieces that would entice them enough to get to let go of a, an obvious all-star. Yeah. Um, I think that they are gonna look at other options. I don't think that they're gonna get him though. I don't think that there are other teams that will be in the top five of the draft that are willing to part with that pick for a star, yeah. because the Mavs are, in, are just like you said—they're in a u- unique position where they're a really good team. In the bottom five or in the in the bottom seven where you know the right move can be all the difference and you get a veteran that that is uh is as talented as Bradley Beal that makes the team a whole lot different but unfortunately the Mavs are are strapped for you know situations where they can do anything because they don't really have any picks they can give away in the future other than second rounders yeah uh so you know you're looking at a the top three pick and then current roster players and I'm just not sure that we have the right people for that. But yeah, you never know.
1: We gotta hope they're desperate enough to, you know, pull a trigger. You know, yeah. that's that's our best bet.
0: <laughs> yeah, we certainly didn't think we had enough to get Chris Taps Porzingis, so crazier things have happened. No. So, yeah. Um, let's go to the next team. Next team I have is Pat Beverly um I'll start with this one. Uh I am going to pass on Pat Beverly, which does hey. not surprise you in the slightest. Um, um never been a fan of Beverly. I do think that his skill set would fit the Mavs w- decently, but I don't like the positional fit. I don't like okay. um I don't like the uh two guard point guard that doesn't score the ball well I think that Jalen Brunson would fit that role just fine um, if that's the direction we wanted to go I don't think Pat Beverly is worth the money in that case um, I don't know what it would take to get him I don't think I, I think that he's going to look for uh, at least a couple of years on a contract and I'm not sure that the Mavs should offer that okay. um, so as far as percent chance for the Mavs to acquire him I would say if we wanted to acquire him, we probably have a twenty to thirty percent chance um, because we can. I mean, if we wanted him, we could outpay him, outpay just about anyone else for him. Um, but I don't think the Mavs are going to be interested. So my my percentage chance for the Mavs to acquire him is probably closer to one to two percent.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm shooting. I love Pat Bev, man. Uh, You're shooting Pat Beverly. Doesn't do that though. <laughs>
1: We don't need him to. We don't need him to. That's the thing. <laughs>
0: this um, is true.
1: <laughs> so okay. So here's my thing with Pat Beverly. I understand he's one of those players that you love him if he's on your team, and you hate him if he's not. That's the I, truth. I love him as is. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> I right, we look back to 2011, the championship year. We had this guy, right, that didn't do much of anything else but annoy the hell out of other team star players. The Sean, so, oh, right. yeah, yeah, the Sean Stevenson, so yeah, the yeah, the Sean Stevenson. So I was just like, I feel like we've been missing that forever. We don't the have edge. that one edge, play, edgy play that, that just just a dog, just so many that's out there to be like an annoyance. To yeah, and insane. the thing
0: I mean, even the thing with that is the maps had like three edge edgy players on that team. I mean you had Deshaun Stevenson, you had Jet, and you had Sean Marion. All three of those guys would get in your face. Even Tyson Chandler. I mean, four guys that really brought the intensity yeah. that we haven't had in a long time. So I agree with you there.
1: It can't be talent alone. It it really can't be. You you like when you're in a seven game series down at like, you know, playoff series after series, like, you're gonna have to play mind games with the opponent. Like it's not always going to be X's and O's. Sometimes it's just you got you got to be gritty. You got to have that one player that can knock the other, you know, star players like off their game. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, he's done that for years in the West. Everyone right. knows him. They, yeah. they they hate him, you know. So it's just like I've always loved players <laughs> like that. Him and the uh what what is it? Um Matt Barnes. Like I love those yeah. players. What about Don't Lance Stevens? <laughs> um, I guess, I guess
0: maybe. that's what he is. He's a he's an irritant. Yeah, it's true. Maybe just for LeBron. Yeah, he, I don't know if he actually does it for anyone else.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. I I feel like he's more of a showboat. <laughs> but when it comes to LeBron, he's an irritant. Like he just has like a thing for LeBron. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But maybe that maybe it'll come into, into handy in, in, the, uh, in the next few years. I don't know, but. Yeah, I like the fit. I think is wonderful. He doesn't need to shoot the ball. Um, he can just bring the ball ball up the court. He can play off ball. He's an amazing defender. Uh, he is a very good I, defender. I, yeah, he would not take away shots or touches from from Luca. You know, and I just yeah, we just need that type of player. It's not the name; it's just the type. He's, right. he's the type that we need on our team. But and don't you the think the Mavs need?
0: Shoot. Don't you think the Mavs need a third scorer though? We do But Maybe not someone that requires You know That yeah, requires maybe, touches yeah. But
1: He's like on the opposite spectrum Of the uh, Like a Bradley Bill Like Bradley Bill's a player That you can like Give the ball to In like a crunch Crunch time moment And the person like Go give mm-hmm. me a bucket uh, I feel like Pat Beverly's a guy that You would just Dump it down to him Like <laughs> Final seconds to say Please make a bucket for me um,
0: <laughs>
1: I mean You, you, you never know but I feel like he's yeah. one of those guys, when he's getting to a player's head, like when things are getting heated up, his game improves oddly enough. So I'll take the flyer on him.
0: All I'll right. take chances. I can accept that. All right, uh, go I ahead and take it. our – what were you going to
1: say? Know, like you said, um, it, it wouldn't be difficult to get him. We could just, you know, just outbid everyone else. Yeah, um, and, and right, I don't even think – the chances, it. yeah, they're, they're pretty high, you know. Yeah. Um, Listen man, if we could get DeAndre after that debacle with reneging, I feel like we can well, pretty much take on someone like Pat Beverly. You know, um I I for one wouldn't mind having him in in Dallas. But uh you wanna move on to another one?
0: Yeah, go ahead and take this one. Uh start us off here. Malcolm Brogdon.
1: Um I I I'll be quite honest. Okay. I don't watch many Bucks games. All right. Uh, so I haven't really seen. Um, you had to like fill me in on this. I haven't really seen um, his uh, like strength for the most part. Okay. Um. So it's gonna be a shot in the dark. I'll go. I'll go shoot. I mean, just for his length, I believe mm-hmm. he is a good defender. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on the perimeter, uh, that something that we definitely need, um, mm-hmm. um, amongst other things. Uh, so for <laughs> that alone, I, I I would love to pair him up with Luca. Again, the length, uh, just him being, uh, no, he he can protect the ball. Um, to my knowledge, I just don't mm-hmm. know about his He's offensive game for the most part. But as far as like protecting the ball, being able to run an offense. And to defend, I mean, those are reasons enough that I don't, I, don't, I wouldn't mind having him. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say shoot. Uh, see, is what's his situation though? Uh, he's a restricted uh, free agency. agency. Mm-hmm. Restricted. Uh, he's restricted. Yeah, I, that's the thing. I, I feel like he's such a he's such a key part of that Bucks team. Uh, mm-hmm. It might be difficult. I'm pretty sure they'll match whatever um, offers. Get thrown his way, so I don't know the chances. It would take a whole lot. It would take us overpaying for him, and um, for that reason, I'm I'm out. It's like Mark Cuban here, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I I don't think we have like that great a chance of getting him. But if we could get him, I wouldn't mind pairing him up with uh with the Luca and the uh, backcourt.
0: All right. So I am definitely a shoot on. Malcolm Brogdon. Um, He's actually been one of the most impressive players to me in the league this year. Um, So just to give you a reference point, he is in the midst of a 50-40-90 year. So he is shooting 50 or 505 from the field, 426 from three, and 928 from free throw. Uh, Averaging 15.5 points a game. Started every game that he's played for him this year. um, And he's just been... I mean he's he's not showboaty he's not um a super exciting player but he just does what he does and he is good at it so he averages four and a half boards, 3.2 assists um just an all-around good player but you're right he is quiet people don't know about him he um despite the fact that he started every game for the best team in the league this year 28 minutes a game um yeah i mean he's he really is impressive um I think that the Mavs have a decent chance at him. Maybe not a decent chance, but a, there is a a window of opportunity there. Um, so okay. the Bucks this summer ha, ha, they've paid uh, the Greek Freak already, but they have to pay. They have to figure out contracts for Chris Middleton if they choose to re-sign him. Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, Nikola Mirotic. I mean that's that's the rest of their offense outside of Giannis and Malcolm Brogdon. That's all of it. So. They, I mean, the only other players that have started games for him have only started a handful. That's pretty much the, their starting five is Antetokounmpo, Chris Middleton, Eric Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, and Malcolm Brockton. Four of those five guys are free agents this summer. So I think there is a window of opportunity where the Mavs can come in, overpay slightly for him, and while, and do it early. Um, And and beat him out and say that they'll be saying, you know, we have to figure out Bledsoe, who's had a phenomenal year. They'll have to figure out Middleton, who's a, who was an all-star this year. They um, will have to figure out Brooke Lopez, who's one of the best three-point shooters in the league this year. Those are just, you know, they're guys that they have to figure out first before they can take this, this young player who, um, despite having a fantastic season, is, just like you say, unnoticed. So...
1: Like, um, maybe you would know this uh, uh, what do you think a player like Brogdon would, uh, would go for like what's his um, like what's his asking price in the market like how much overpaying would we have to do to to lure him from the like, right.
0: walkie that's a good question um, I think that he is going to uh, be in the 10 to 15 million range a year Okay, I um, which you know definitely puts us out of the the realm of possibility for a top tier free agent or a top all star level free agent uh, if we did do that um, so I do think that that would have to be something to think about as far as did the mass have a chance for a for a big name and if they do I think that they have to they have to weigh that um, but I do really like Brogdon. I do think that he can be a key player for a good team, uh, or for a great team even. Um, I, I'd put the Mavs' chance percentage at getting him probably around 5 to 10, um, just for those reasons. You know, the Mavs always have lofty goals for free agency, and I don't think Brogdon is lofty enough for them. So. Okay.
1: Yeah, and I, I just remembered he went to Virginia. So, I mean... For that reason alone, I can understand why um, he's a he's a he's a really you know good player, but kind of goes under the radar. But yeah, that's like kind of like the culture you get uh, exactly like Virginia players. It's kind of like Villanova in a in a sense. Mm-hmm. You know, even though they have like two titles, it's kind of like a Jalen Brunson. You know, just overall fundamentals. Uh, that's what right. they teach out there. Not uh, super flashy. Yeah, they so just I, do the, do what they yeah. do. Yeah, it's just a solid all around. Um, you know, players you can plug in anywhere and win with. So yeah, I mm-hmm. I, get it. I can see that.
0: Yeah. All right, we're uh, we're running short on time a little bit, so let's just go through these next numble- next couple names real quick. Uh, next up is Ed Davis, pass or shoot. 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 I do love you think the map Yeah. Do you think? Uh, what What do you think it'd take for the Mavs to get him?
1: agent um i don't know let i'm hoping less than less than 10 mil up to 10 mil maybe okay. that ballpark i don't think we would have to like throw in any piece like no he's a yeah he's a he's an outright free agent so that that shouldn't be too difficult for us in my opinion right uh, the, the thing i love most about him is the fact that he can get you eight to ten boards in less than 20 minutes mm-hmm. You know, so you can very effective rebounder off the bench. Yeah, he's just he goes after it. Um, You can always use a guy like that coming off the bench. Um, So Mm -hmm. I definitely I'm gonna shoot Uh, the cost. I mean, I'm hoping can for like at least you know 10 million. Um, Hope we don't have to like overpay too much. Mm -hmm. We should have high high odds of getting him because I believe uh, Brooklyn is actually gonna start looking at big name free agents because they set themselves up nicely
0: to do so. Yep. next couple of seasons so,
1: so yeah we might be able to sneak him
0: yeah um i am going to shoot i think um i think that it's a you know it's like a maybe a little baby hook on the inside but he, he he's got a game i've always enjoyed i've always liked watching him um i do think he's a good player i think he's an underrated player in a lot of ways um but i also think that if the price gets over six to eight million, then he is overpriced at that point, um, especially for what would likely be a bench piece. I think that the Mavs should be looking more in the veteran minimum range for that kind of thing. If we could get him for the vet minimum, I'm all in. I would love to have him, but I do think he's going to warrant a real a full contract of some sort. Um, I think the Mavs' chance to acquire him is low. But I think their ability to acquire him is high. I don't think that they will pursue him, but I do think if they do, that they have a definitely a high chance of getting someone like him. Mm-hmm. Um, next on the list is Goran Dragic. So I'm going to pass on Dragic. Um, as much as I'd love to see the uh, Slovenian backcourt, uh, I just don't see how he and Luka fit together. I know that they think they could work, and I do think that some chemistry will be there just naturally because they've played together and they know each other. Yeah. But I also think that neither of their games really conform to each other's, regardless of how much they've played. They, yeah. you know, there there are just better natural fits. Um, I also don't think Dragic is a great defender, which is going to hurt Luca a lot because he's not a great defender. Um. Uh, Dragic is, he's got a year left on, or he's got a player option this year. I don't think he's, well, I don't know. I really honestly don't know what he's going to do. If I were him, I'd take it, but I'm not sure if he will. If he does, um, trade would be an option. I don't think the Mavs would pursue a trade for Dragic. I think the only way they go after him is if he does back out of his deal and become a free agent, Uh, in which case I would say the Mavs have you know, twenty, twenty five percent chance of getting him. Uh, I do know that there I, I, I do assume that there is some interest there. Um however I don't know if they're gonna be willing to pay what he wants just to give Luca another guy that he's comfortable with.
1: Yeah. I don't Yeah, same. I'm I'm definitely gonna pass on him. Uh I think like the only reason why the, the Mavs even pursue uh, Drogic would just be for like nostalgia reasons to pair him up with Luca, and honestly, I don't think that's a necessity.
0: Yeah, and it's um, not a good business move to be honest. Yeah, it's just not like we want to keep
1: Luca happy and put the pieces around him that he needs to be successful. But for that reason alone, like you said, it doesn't make any sense because we need to put a, a more superior defender alongside Luca, not someone that's at the same level or even worse. So it's right. kind of, you know, counterproductive. of productive. Uh, so um, I'll just say the chances I don't think is a chance to go after him. Uh, I know, like, they're good friends and all that, but I just don't think that he'll even be a target. Um, and, uh, yeah, again, like you said, he would have to back out of his contract and become a free agent. Mm-hmm. I, like, again, I don't see the Mavs moving pieces for him. Right. It's not the type of player that you would have to, you know, go above and beyond for. So, I just right. don't see the need there.
0: Right. Agreed. Um, next on the list is the Manimal from Moorhead State, Kenneth Fareed. Um, what do you think? I am going to pass.
1: just another one of the type of players I like. The high energy, uh, mm-hmm. high motor. You can uh, plug them in um, on any one of your your. your um, Your, you know, I guess uh, lineups off the bench. Uh, mm-hmm. He, you see what he's doing um, this year um, since he's been in, in Houston. Um, mm-hmm. j- like just that alone, just having them play him and Capella together. How that he, you know, you would think that he would need more minutes to himself or more space down low, but they found ways to make it work, and they're just killing teams out there in the post. Um, Mm -hmm. so I feel like I I would like to see him and and KP paired up in the post because their game is kind of they complement each other because you know KP can draw out defenders you know to the perimeter more and Kenneth Farina is a great uh, rim runner he can do like a lot of pump um, you know uh, what do you call it Uh, post ups you know Mm -hmm. a lot of post ups he can do a lot of you know pick and pops and things of that nature Um, he can go up high and get you know the alley-oops he's a more than serviceable uh, defender as well. Um, mm-hmm. As far as what it would cost, um, let me see what the situation is with him. I believe this year he is—he's a you know—he's an unrestricted free agent. So um, it's not too sure what he he would require like in the free agent market. But I w- would believe it's in the same ballpark as a Ed Davis. You know, mm-hmm. like if it's like a six to seven. Mill, I mean, go for it. Uh, Yeah, chances. I think Houston likes him, so I think they'll try Mm -hmm. to keep him. You know, because of the friendship we have with Houston, that may be Uh a bit difficult uh, to to persuade him to come to Dallas. But I don't know, maybe a ten to fifteen percent chance we even go after him to begin with. So we'll see how that goes.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm going to shoot on Farid. I like Fareed. Always did. Um, I do think it would take um, overpaying to get him because I, I agree. I think he likes the situation in Houston. I think Houston likes him. I also think he's going to try and leverage his pretty good play here into a decent contract, which I don't think the Mavs should give out to him. So, uh, my percentage chance for the Mavs to acquire him is just about 0%. So,. Um, I'm going to I'm going to skip Mario Hazonia. Uh I think we both have some interest in Hazonia, but I'm going to skip him for now cuz we are running low on time. Uh for the next one, Drew Holiday, just give me pass or shoot and then um give me just a, a ballpark percentage chance on ha- on the maps chances of acquiring him. Um it's
1: not optimal, but I'll I'll I will uh shoot on Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. Um and that's just because he's just one of the most underrated point guards in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a great defender, um mm-hmm. above average defender. Um he can, you know, find his offense, um in any off, um in any uh type of system. Mm-hmm. Um, only concern is, you know, uh age, but I don't think it'll be too much of an issue, um, as of right now. Uh, knowing that he can play off the ball, which would, you know, come into handy playing alongside Luca. Um, but he's he's an amazing vet, the type of player you want to have, you know, to go, with Luca, you know, just to just have there as like a mentor type, uh, uh, you know, like running mate. So for that reason alone, like you know, I don't mind taking a chance trying to get him. Um, mm-hmm. What it would cost, cost? Uh, he would be one of those players that we would have to, uh, I guess, like make some moves to acquire. I believe mm-hmm. what is he um, restricted or does he have a player option this um, this year? Let me. Um, okay. I think he's still under contract Yeah, he's this year. He's, he's still yeah, he's still on he's still under contract actually. So mm-hmm. that's a bit tricky. Um, I mean, we do have contracts that we want to get rid of, but the thing is, I don't think that will be enough. I think it will require a pick. And at this point, if we're getting like a top four pick, would I give it? Up for Jewel Holiday, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent certain.
0: Um, yeah, it would take some some other workings, like uh, yeah. opening up Hardaway and Courtney Lee, and maybe even Dwight Powell's contract for me to even consider that. I think.
1: Yeah, that's the only hold-up I would have is having to give away one um, of those coveted top three or four picks. So I'm not I'm not too certain that the odds that the Mavs would even uh, go after him. You know, so, right. Uh, yeah, I'll leave it at less than ten percent, honestly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm definitely all in on Drew Holiday, uh, but I don't think the Mavs have the chance to get him. I think it's probably yeah, probably two, three percent at best. Um, I'm gonna skip Chris Middleton because um, we we are running low on time. Uh, let's get to the two names that people actually do want to hear about: Nikolai Vucevic and Kemba Walker. Um, Vucevic, obviously the center in Orlando. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about him, and then Kemba Walker. The report came out a couple weeks ago that, that the Mavs were front run- front runners to get him away from Charlotte if anyone was able to. Um, Vucevic, I am shoot. I love Vucevic. I think he's a great player. I think he's just getting better. Um, he's a he, he's an excellent scorer, excellent rebounder, great passer for a big man. Um, he is a, a serviceable defender. Uh, he and he and Kristaps, I do think, would fit reasonably well together because he's a better on-ball defender. Um, he's not going to be a great switcher or anything, but like that. But he's he can defend bigs pretty well um, one-on-one, whereas Kristaps is more of a off-ball shot blocker. Uh, I do think that they would be able to make things work down there. I also think that uh, Vucevic would uh, grab a lot of boards, which would help the team a lot. I do think that he is the free agent that the Mavs have the best chance to acquire. Uh, I would put our percent chance at somewhere close to fifty. I think that it's. I think that if he does leave Orlando, it would be for Dallas. That's my guess. Uh, and then for Kemba Walker, I'm also shoot. Although I do question how the pairing would be with him and Luca. Um, at that point, he's a top twenty player in the league. Some something you take a risk on, no matter what. Um, the reports say that that there is at least some mutual interest the Mavs have the money obviously it would take a max contract um I do think that max contracts would be worth it and I would put the Mavs chances of signing Kemba m- maybe around 30%. So give me give me Vucevic first and then Walker.
1: Uh Vucevic I'm going to shoot on him. Uh main reason like uh, like when, in our first episode we talked about the uh departure of uh DeAndre Jordan, and like the hit we took um, on the boards, just for that alone, I mean, he's, he's giving you 20 points and 12 rebounds. You know, a little, little over 30 minutes a game, um, and like, like like you said, he's a great defender. Um, mm-hmm. He's giving you like at least a still in the block a game. Uh, yeah, so we just we really need help down low uh, because we understand we have KP, but because of his style of play, you know, uh, he 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 he'll be on the outside a lot of the times. Like Drunk Defense. Right to the to the perimeter, so we need somebody to like clean up the boards, get some offensive boards, and keep you know keep us going, and like you know mm-hmm. give us like second chance shots and creating more opportunities on the offensive end. So I think that would be like an amazing pair. Yeah, um, and he's a good I'm post warming scorer up to too. Him a lot more. Yeah, definitely. He he's more than a serviceable scorer. He can create his mm-hmm. own shot. um he, he can also hit free throws at almost an eighty <laughs> percent clip, so that helps as well. He's yeah, also in thirty six percent from from threes like from three this year. So I mean. What more can you ask for? Yeah. So I mean, I'm, I'm actually, like I said, I'm warming up to him a lot more now than I was initially when the, you know, the rumors came out. But yeah, I think uh, the percentage, like the odds of us going after him, are, yeah, they're high. I'm gonna go over 50%. Um, and honestly, I see it happening. I'll, I'll just say, I'll just say that. Yeah, I, I'm I with you. He is going after him, and I think he has a legit. Um, interest in playing with Dirk, if mm-hmm. even for one last season, especially his last season. So yep. I think all those things work in our favor, and we see him in Dallas next season. Uh, I like the sound you know, of that. He require a what do you require like a, a max contract though? Um, maybe just underneath. I don't think he, I don't think he's max contract uh, uh, caliber at this point. I Ooh. mean, I do understand. He I disagree know,
0: with that. His name, but you know.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: He's know, coming know, off an all star season.
1: Yeah, just coming off all star that's that's the that's the tricky part. I mean I guess at this point he would have to uh request it. Um
0: And I, I think that's the only way Mavs to would be get it to him Kemba.
1: Too. Yeah, I'll be more willing to give it to Kemba, but right. I mean I wouldn't agree against it. Yeah. Uh, as far as Kemba, I'm definitely shoot on that. Fit, I agree. I don't know if they do, but it's one of those situations have Two really great top notch players. You make it work.
0: And good like, selfless players too, which you, you, plays a huge part in it.
1: Yeah, you you gotta make that work.
0: Yeah. Like
1: great players do that and we mm-hmm. yeah, this guy's the limit with with him and Luca and KP, that's just buckets all day. Um this guy is having an amazing astronomical season. Um mm-hmm. he's like top of the charts and like a ton of uh Charlotte's um, you know, all time stats. Categories, um, yes, max contract. That's what's on the cards. Yep. No one, no one minds because we really know. Yep. Uh Again, uh, there's a mutual interest. Um, hey, if not Fusevich, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give, I'll give our odds, our chances of actually going after him and it being successful at, hmm, I'll say, 25. I really wanted to be higher, but the fact that he's been so adamant that he wants to finish his career in Charlotte and win a championship there though I I don't think it's gonna happen (laughs) Uh, just that alone I'm not sure because um, he seems like one of those uh, Damian Lillard type players like his loyal he's a loyal guy and you gotta respect it you know it's just a matter of seeing if um, they're able to put the pieces around him or if he thinks they'll put the pieces around him or if he's you know uh, if he's confident in what they're doing with their plans, if not, then maybe that's where we swoop in and we're able to to lure him to Dallas. So right, that yeah, we want some LeBron
0: story. loyalty out of him, not Damian Lillard loyalty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah,
1: that should be that should <laughs> be interesting to see.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we are out of time. Um, I had a hypothetical situation for you, but I'm going to save it for for next episode. So we're just going to close here with with our one Mavs trivia question. This one's pretty simple. All I'm going to ask you is how many players can you name from the 2010-2011 Dallas Mavericks team?
1: Oh, really? Oh, okay. Dirk. Good. Jason Terry. Mm-hmm. We have Sean Marion. Yes. Uh, we have Karam Butler. Can we count him, even though he didn't like really play with him? I um, count him. Yeah. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Tyson Chandler, we have Mm -hmm. Jason Kidd, Mm -hmm. we have, uh, what is his name? Uh, The freaking Cardinal. um. (laughs) (laughs) The custodian. The custodian, yes. yes, Brian Brian Cardinal. Cardinal. Brian Cardinal, there you go. Ooh. Ah, this is getting ugly. Uh, Who else? Deshaun Stevenson, Mm -hmm. of course. Uh, uh, You're missing an important one. I feel like I am. Wait, what did I miss? Dirk? Jet?
0: Marion? Tyson? Kid? Uh, uh, really? Yeah, you're treating him like Andrew Bynum would. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, JJ. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was dirty. <laughs> So uncalled for, but that's what that's what happens. <laughs> it was destiny.
0: Gotta respect the little man. Indeed. All right, you're only missing one more main player. It's Peja Stojakovic. How
1: could I forget? He was so big yep. in that that massacre.
0: Yep. <laughs> and then the only other two players that played for them in the playoffs were Jan Mahinmi and Corey Brewer, and oh, and Brandon Haywood. There you go. There you go. There, there you go. There's our championship team. We always like to bring that up as often as we can. Um, but yes, this is the Smoking Cuban podcast again. My name is Cole Rast. With me is Manny Dixon. Uh, look us up on Twitter. Uh, look up the site on Twitter at the Smoking Cuban. Look us up at thesmokingcuban.com. We do publish uh, articles regularly. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening. And go Mavs. As always, it's the